Welcome to the 63rd episode of the Young Turks podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Basin Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's episode, we're talking Maryland Basketball Media Day and getting ready for the Terps-Iowa game. But before we get into all that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals. They're your hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource. Allied Party Rentals has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and all the other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Allied, located in Beltsville, Maryland, right next to College Park and serving the entire DMV. Contact Allied today for a no-obligation free quote at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. I want to kick things off here. Men's soccer had a stunning upset against number three Denver, one nothing at Ludwig. Just wow. Did not expect that one. Well, we knew this team had that potential. They've had talent all year. It's just been young guys that really haven't found any chemistry. And in this game, they didn't. They only scored one time. And the defense really just stepped up. Dane St. Clair has been fantastic all year. And it just showed, and finally, a win against the top 10 team, the kind of thing that we would expect out of our soccer team. Well, that is the case. They still didn't get any votes in the coaches' poll, so still not getting that national respect, but this is definitely a good step in the right direction. And I don't really think they will get that respect all year. I mean, they just they haven't been good this year. That's pretty much your bottom line. This is their only big win. They'll square up against Ohio State Friday at 7. Of course, Ludwig Field on a Friday night, that's always great. Yeah, uh, hopefully you'll get a good crowd out there. And on the teams that are good, though, field hockey, nothing's happened since our last podcast. They're still 5-1. and one, 15, still playing. 15 and 1. Oh, sorry, 15-1, and one, you're right. And still playing on the road. Uh, sorry, not on the road. They're playing at home against number 17 Northwestern on Friday. And moving on here to women's soccer, who added yet another tie, their fifth of the season against Ohio State, bringing them to 4-8-5 and five on, the, on the year. They will head to Michigan for a game Thursday night. Yep, and to round things off, volleyball, another group where nothing has happened since we last met. They still have a big game on Friday at number 17 Purdue. If they want to make an NCAA tournament run, or sorry, an NCAA tournament bid rather, they need to win this one. And now moving on to Terps in the pros for this past week. Jordan, get us started. Well, there were four Terps in the Panthers-Redskins game on Sunday. DJ Moore had his best and worst game of the season. as He reeled in three catches for 59 yards and a rush for 18 yards, but he also had two fumbles, which in all likelihood lost Panthers the game. Well, they definitely didn't help the Panthers win the game, but... I mean, given when they were, obviously, was it the first time the Redskins punted the ball that DJ Moore fumbled, and then on a drive that they were pretty far down the field, he fumbled again. So, yeah, he didn't really do much to help out the Panthers. But a guy that did was Torrey Smith, who had five catches on five targets for 43 yards, including a touchdown, and he caught a two-point conversion. 
he looks great on that one drive where KM actually threw him the ball. Well, they don't deploy him very often, and they still use him as more of a specialist role. Uh, maybe we'll see more of him down the season, but I don't know. Uh, Jermaine Carr Jr. played some special teams that record a stat. On the Redskins side of the ball, Vernon Davis grabbed three t- catches for 48 yards and the first touchdown of the game. Still looking ageless for him. Yeah, and the thing that I actually forgot about this Redskins team is that Alex Smith and Vernon Davis have a connection. It's one of the only guys that Smith has played with prior to the Redskins was Vernon Davis, and you could definitely see that. And it was really when Alex Smith looked off the Panthers player and then was just able to find Vernon Davis. That's when he scored. He was wide open. But it was a really good game from VD and a nice celebration when he jumped into the seats. Yep. All four of the Terps in this game took a photo after the game. You can find that somewhere online, I'm sure. Maybe we'll post it on the Capital Sports blog. But it was good to see the Terps out there. Yes, it was. DHP did not play again in the Steelers game against the Bengals due to the ankle injury. Again for the Steelers, Sean Davis recorded one tackle this week and remains firmly in the good category on pro football focus. That was a great game, though. It was a great game to watch. Um, Sean Davis, unlike last week, did not play every snap on defense, which is good to see. Give him some, at least some rest in the game. But he's he's probably one of the higher potential Terps in the pros right now, I think. Quinton Jefferson went across the pond with the Seahawks to play against the Raiders. He had his best game of the season at Wembley. He recorded three tackles two solo tackles for loss, and a half sack. Yeah, he was a pretty constant pressure as the Raiders were under siege the entire game, and it was great to see him get in on the feast. For the Titans, Darius Kilgo played his first snaps for the Titans this year with 20 snaps, and he did not record any stats, but it's progress for Kilgo. Yeah, as the Titans were massacred by the Ravens, he at least got in the game. Didn't do much, but he got in the game. J.C. Jackson for New England was inactive this week. Um, great game. Shane wasn't a part of it. Stefan Diggs had a quiet outing as he only caught three catches for 33 balls. But at this point, he's just been overshadowed by Adam Thielen's incredible season. Yeah, Thielen looks great, but Stefan Diggs, he just there just weren't that many big plays for the Vikings in this game. No, and he's still a big play guy. Maybe one of his few faults is that he doesn't get a lot of short balls. He's still a big play receiver, and that's just kind of who he is. Really quick back to New England. Maybe they should leave J.C. Jackson active because the one time they didn't, they did give up 40. So You do have a fair point there. Yannick Ngakwe went off in the Jags' 40-7 to loss against Dallas. Two sacks, three tackles for loss, four total tackles, and he wins our Terp of the Week award. Yep, our first Terp of the Week award. Maybe we'll start giving this out, but I think we probably owe some stuff on Diggs at this point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some more quick news. Maryland is not playing at 12 o'clock. Big-time alert right there. They'll play Illinois on the 27th at 3.30. Oh, my God, it's a miracle. We're not playing a noon game, Mason? I know. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to do. I mean... Has this ever happened before? Given that some of the noon games have taken upwards of, what was it, six hours when they played Texas? I mean. Yeah, that was crazy. 
or this past week where the game took under three hours when they played Rutgers. I mean, it's not like we've had these noon games that go from noon to 3.30 like they're supposed to. These still have, you know, of course, since it's Maryland, have figured out a way to just be out of the box. Well, hopefully we can all catch some sleep on Saturday instead of having to get up to watch Maryland at noon. And I guess that kind of does it for the football stuff. Shall we move to basketball, Mason? Yeah, let's move to basketball before we bring in Wayne, who I have over here. We'll do some quick announcements. Anthony Cowan named first team all Big Ten preseason. I'm honestly pretty surprised by this, but I think he definitely deserves it. Also knowing that Bruno Fernando was not included in either of the all Big Ten preseason teams. I'm sure that he will have something to say about that before the end of the season. In absolute madness of the FBI probe into college basketball, someone says that Maryland paid Silva de Sosa $60,000 to play at Maryland. Seriously, you guys should go up and look at some of just the overall stuff that was said in this FBI probe because it gets really crazy. This was so, this stuff was so insane that this didn't even crack a headline. Like there was some really insane stuff that went on, but I don't know if this is true or not. There's a lot of weird things that were said, but if it is true, we have some concerns. Obviously, Mellow Trimble is balling down under. In Australia, he had the best start of any player in franchise history with his current squad with 32 points and 7 rebounds. I mean, Maryland could have used 7 rebounds for Melo when they had him. I do not know how to pronounce that team name, Mason. I don't know if you do. That is why I avoided it, Jordan. <laughs> but hopefully he can keep going and maybe make a return to NBA. It's a rare thing, sure, but it has happened. And... To wrap up our basketball news, at least for the moment, Christy Tolliver will be the third female assistant coach in NBA history and the first coach, or sorry, the first person, I'd rather say, to be both a WNBA player and an NBA coach. She will join Scott Brooks' staff for the Wizards as an assistant for player development. This is really cool, but it's really weird to me. Yeah, what I'm not getting is how when you are a pro basketball player yourself, which she still is, and she's still playing at a really high level, how you would ever find the time to then go coach the, on the men's side in the NBA. I mean, I yeah, really don't is... know what NBA player development does. I assume it's a lot with shooting. But, I mean, just to find the time to be able to do that is impressive in itself. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to work. I hope I wish her all the success. I hope she sticks around for more than a year because I don't know how long Scott Brooks is going to stick around. But for now, it's a groundbreaking thing, and it's really great to see a trip do it. Yes, it is. And without further ado, let's talk about what Wayne Viner saw out at Maryland's press conference for football and basketball media day. Wayne, welcome in. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a great day for basketball. Yes, it is. And... Just a few quick takes here. Who impressed you out at practice yesterday? Impressions for people that you probably have heard of would be the point guard, Ayala. I think Stick Smith, Jalen Smith, was uh, impressive. Uh, of course, some of the people you really know, like Bruno Fernando and Cowan, were impressive. But one guy that I didn't think would jump off of the court like he did was the freshman, Ricky Limbo. 
I mean, where's number 14 for Maryland? He said that he's somewhere between a three, which is a small forward, and a four, which is a power forward. He's about six seven, six eight, and he can fly. He can get up. He's exciting. Overall take, this team has more depth, more speed. Actually looks like a better basketball team already than the guys that we saw who lost to Wisconsin Madison Square Garden that ended the Maryland season last year. Yeah, Ricky Lindo was the last guy to commit to Maryland, a kind of under-the-radar kid from D.C. But one of the other enigmas that at least I'm curious about is Trace Ramsey from Indiana. I got a chance to talk to him, and that interview will be up on either Terp Talk or Capital Sports Blog probably tomorrow. He's probably a little raw, left-handed shooter. When he warmed up, he's the type of kid that goes out there and goes 45 for 50 in warm-ups. So he's more of a shooter right now than a basketball player. And I'm sure down the road, having a three-point ace to come in off the bench is going to be a good thing. I was impressed by overall athletic performance of that basketball team. You didn't mention Aaron Wiggins from North Carolina. What do you, what do you think of him? He looked pretty good. He just wasn't as much in the flow yesterday. Now today, he's already been named to the top 20 watch list for small forwards in America. And that name of that award is a Julius Irving Award. So that's a nice ad for a freshman. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, somebody that you're probably familiar with that seems to have changed his body and his game is Daryl Marcel. He's slimmed down. He has a ethereal connection to sticks. I saw Marcel drive the middle and throw a no-look pass outside the three-point line to Jalen Smith, who hit the three-pointer. And that just comes from the fact that they went to high school together and they've been playing together for a really long time. It seems like every time we have someone on, I've been asking them this question when it comes to basketball. Did you see a backup point guard out there? I probably saw more than one. It depends on who you're going to start, but if you think you're going to start Cowan, Ayala's a backup point guard. Sorrell Smith is a backup point guard, although his nickname is Microwave. It's because he can score so quickly. So there's at least two guys out there that are projected to be able to spell Cowan at the point. And I think that's going to be a good move. One of the moves that was contemplated is moving Cowan off of the ball and using Ayala as the point guard and giving Cowan more of a shooter's look. Maryland tried that when Anthony Cowan came to Maryland. They flexed uh, superstar Mello Trimble over to the shooting guard so they could get both Cowan and Mello on the floor at the same time. Now, I've heard a rumor that Durham Marcel can shoot now. Do you see anything to that? He shot so well you weren't sure it was Daryl Morsell. He, uh, people thought it was somebody else a minute because he changed his number from 10 to 11. And you heard a couple, who's number 11? Because he made probably four of the five threes that I saw in game simulated action. And he was smooth. Well, that that's good to see because we heard at, I think it was the Michigan State game from his trainer that he was in there, he was shooting, he was that he knew that he had to improve in that, and it's good to see that it looks like he did. He did, and not only did he improve in the shooting, but Mark Turgeon in the press conference, and that Turgeon press conference is available for all of you to take a look at on TerpTalk.com, said that with this lineup, you could put him at his natural position that Turgeon uh, illuminated on was a four. So he could be a small power forward, and if he can shoot like he did the other day, which was yesterday, 
boy, that's going to give Maryland some weapons. But I'm going to love to see a lineup, a Big Ten lineup that has Sticks and Bruno Fernando up front with Fernando as the center. Sticks made about half of his shots from outside the arc in simulated game action yesterday. He looked really good. Um, hopefully we can get some weak side rebounding there with those two out there. And then you have guys that you saw last year, like a Tamayich, who still fits in this rotation. Even Bender is back. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get, but at least they give you some power forward minutes from a big guy. And the backcourt seems set. There's talent, an abundance of talent in the Maryland backcourt. It's whether this front court can stand up to the Big Ten pounding that's the question for me. So well, you talk, you, oh, Go ahead, Mason. You talked about somewhat of a culture change. Did you like what you saw more than what you've seen in years past? Can you explain who has really been pushing the culture change? Well, Turgeon came out and said that they needed to change the way they looked at things. They needed to change the culture and build a better team. It looked better yesterday, but every year when Mark Turgeon steps to the podium, he tells you how much he loves this team. On day one, it looked like a great team. It, it looks bigger, more athletic than what they've had last year in the past couple of years. It's gonna, we're going to have to see how things go because if some of these kids actually blow up, if Wiggins does become a top-20 national power forward, if Jalen Smith does so well that he becomes NBA draft stock, who is going to still want to stay in the team concept? I think Maryland's had a little bit of trouble keeping in a team concept as these seasons have stretched on. These are not teams that get better at the end of the year. Most of the Maryland teams over the past few seasons have been better in January than they were in March. And if you want to win anything, you have to be great in March. And we'll st the, the jury's still out. It's Turgeon's eighth year. I want one of these teams to be better at the end of the season than it is in the middle of the season. Well, hopefully that is the case. Um, Mason, got anything else? No, I think we can move to football now. Matt Canada yesterday, what were your thoughts on how the team is preparing for Iowa? Well, today's a great day for basketball. It's even a better day for football because we're staring a trip to Iowa down. We're taking off on Friday. The next one of these podcasts you're going to hear is going to be from Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City, and that's going to be a great trip, win or lose. Matt Canada seemed to have some edge to him yesterday. Um, I think he's finally game ready. This is going to be his seventh game as head coach, and the newness of this has worn off. And I think you see, saw some of that in the way that he, he knows his game plan. He's sticking to the way he can get Maryland to win. I know there's fans that want the team to throw the ball a little more and, and work out the kinks in that passing game. But I think Matt Canada, like most football coaches, really is going to treasure the wins over how they got those wins. Mason, what would you think of the progress of Kasim Hill or just the play of the quarterbacks overall? Well, I liked what I saw, and then every time that I felt like we were getting somewhere, then you would see why we're at the point where we really can't throw the ball saw Kasim throw beautiful touchdown pass. Then the next drive he would come back, you would see someone wide open he would miss. You saw that almost three times over in this game, and to beat in Iowa, he's got to be better. One of these days, the passing game's going to work out, and at that point, you really got something. But until the passing game is reliable and effective at the same time, 
you're going to have these doubts. If that passing game worked, and you said in your review of Iowa that there's some fans out there at Iowa that are afraid of the Maryland offense, and then you had to remind me, yeah, we still can't throw the ball. What do you make out of Iowa? See, from writing that piece and really looking, I guess I started with on each position, it is a position-by-position breakdown with a preseason preview, most of them were by a newspaper in is it Iowa Cedars, no, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and then looking at the stats, and they pretty much had it pinned down from the beginning of the season of where they would be. They lost their feature back wadley. They're not a running team this year. They have some good backs, but Nathan Stanley, the quarterback there, is as pro-style as you can get in college, and Jordan, you mentioned this time and time again, their two top guys are tight ends. Maryland's really bad at covering the tight end. Jordan, do you think they're going to be able to change that on Saturday? Well, there's this big misconception, I think, in the Maryland fan base that Trey Watson is a can cover tight ends, but he's really not a pass coverage kind of guy. He's a he's a run stopper or a zone guy, but he's not able to really man up very well. And for that reason, we usually have to commit a safety to cover the tight ends, and that obviously leaves the top vulnerable, which is the real problem here. Well, Maryland plays Brooks as a safety. He's really a uh, plays a safety in Antoine Brooks as a linebacker. So it gives Maryland some flexibility there. But you might have to take out a guy like Isaiah Davis, who plays most of the time on defense as a linebacker, and put another safety in there. Uh, one of the guys that could shift and do both is Mosley. What's his first name? Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Mosley. Jordan, that's it. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, so we do but have some. The problem is there's two, and they're both 6'5". Noah Fant, he is probable for the game with a hand injury. And T.J. Hawkinson, who's come out of nowhere, the sophomore. I mean, two guys that are 6'5". It's like you're playing Texas again. And this team's way more together than Texas was at the beginning of the year. It's just that that classic line, and I'm seeing it everywhere on every message board that I look at, every article that I read, Maryland's just they're just not good at covering tight ends, whether it was Jake Butt or the guys that played for Ohio State these past few years. I mean, Wisconsin. It just, it's that whole thing where we're at this point again where we have to change what has happened in the past to win. This is a winnable game. I'm not going to say that there's no way that Maryland comes out on top. They just have to be better than they have in past years. Do you think they can do that? Yeah. This, this is the day that the rest of the offense is going to show up. I saw signs of life. Last week, yeah, he missed a couple open guys. He's going to hit those guys this time. The Maryland running game is going to show up, and the defense is going to do enough. Maryland squeaks one out. It's going to be another signature win for Matt Canada to add to the Texas game. And it doesn't mean they're going to come out next week and you go, what happened? Where'd that great team go? But I think we're building to a surprise win at number 19, Iowa. Jordan? I don't know. Iowa only allows 14 points a game on defense. And Maryland just, I have not seen the cut above that a lot of other people have. Some people have touched on the word elite with our offense. And we still, we're a triple option team with occasionally throwing the ball. And against Iowa, I don't think it's going to work. But if there's a ranked team to beat, I think it will be this one. So I will say. Huh. I will say 27 to 30, Iowa. All right, that that sounds good. We want to talk about what you're looking forward to 
in Iowa, Mason, because this is going to be a signature trip. What's the biggest thing you're looking forward to seeing? Well, this morning when I was supposed to be doing school at school, I was looking at Iowa's website because I always like to see um, how many tickets are left for this game. And Iowa does this thing, and it might be the weirdest ticket thing that I've seen where, you know, there's generally that button of, like, a fake ticket on someone's website. They click on to buy tickets. Well, Iowa does, like, limited tickets remaining, few tickets remaining. So I click on it. There are only singles left for this Iowa homecoming football game in a newly expanded Kinnick Stadium. Well, that's why Jordan and I couldn't get in there when we went in the spring to take a look at the stadium as they were expanding the stadium while we were there. Yeah, and, I mean, it looks great. I'm excited to see it. They have, of course, you know, they're one of those places where if you get them on a hot day, it's just one of the better venues. It's Speaking of hot days, what's the weather supposed to be? Well, it is not supposed to be hot in Iowa. Come Saturday, a high of 50, a low of 29 with 25-mile-an-hour winds at game time, so that should be pleasant for me. For me, I'm going to be standing on the sideline. You're going to be up there in luxury, up in the press box. Yeah, but you, me, guys, you say 50? Yeah, 50. 50 well, I can, I'll take that at 37 degrees right here right now. Uh, how are your bison doing this year? They have – the bison have been known for their defense, but they have maybe the best offense in the FCS right now, so it's kind of weird here, honestly. So James Madison still won and North Dakota State too? No, the Bulldogs – not the Dukes, sorry, I keep thinking the Bulldogs. The Dukes of James Madison actually lost two games this season. Wow. It is really weird. So who's number so one? We are number one, and South Carolina State, who we have beaten, is number two. Well, that sounds that sounds promising so, for another national championship for you guys. So back to Iowa, and really quick, and we're going to wrap this up here in a few minutes. You guys went out to Iowa City. You said it was a great college town. Are you looking forward to seeing it on a homecoming weekend? Absolutely. The, the downtown campus you go across the river, there's the stadium. We were there in May of yeah. uh, 18, and you can just see what a great college atmosphere that is. We walked up the stadium and went, wow, we're here. And we've seen it on TV so many times. Yeah, I'm excited. They're going to be packed. It's going to be rocking. And then, as usual, I hope we rain on their parade as a Maryland Terrapin. Hope we get it done on Saturday. I know you guys already made predictions, but in tradition, you will have to repeat them to end this show. So let's start with our guest, Wayne. What's your prediction for Saturday? Maryland gets it done 27-20. I'll say the Terps show promise, but they can't overcome Iowa's offensive, weird passing, non-Iowa game. I'll say Iowa wins 30-27. I'll give one key to the game, then I'll make my prediction. Iowa so far this year has 20 sacks for a total loss of 140 yards. If Maryland keeps Kasim upright, they win. I think they'll finally live up to what the promise that we've been given over the past three years from these guys. Maryland gets it done in surprising fashion, 27-20. And I guess this show has been brought to you by Viner Forgates. What's Viner Forgates have to offer if you need a website? Well, Viner Forgates, they built, of course, TerpTalk.com and now the new CapitalSportsBlog.com. Great websites, e-commerce. They have all the features you need to make the perfect website for any business. Right now, we're working on the remake of AlliedPartyRentals.com, and we're starting up 
hopefully on a restaurant so we can do it all. You can reach Viner Four Gates at 301-251-2900 or on the web at oneviner.com. That's the number one, V-I-E-N-E-R.com. And of course, we have to thank Allied Party Rentals for their sponsorship for all your party needs. Allied's the place to go. Wayne, you were at Allied, and man, they got it all for your perfect party venue. Perfect party venues, tents, stereo equipment, dance floors, tablecloths. They've got it all. If you want to make a special event even more special and host it yourself, or if you're going to do something crazy like have a street fair, or if you need a cooling tent, Maryland used the cooling tents at Allied when it was super hot out there, and they were happy with them, and you will be too. So really quick before we wrap this up, Wayne, Jordan, and I have started a new website covering D.C. Sports, Capital Sports Blog. Capital Sports Blog started several years ago. We sort of put it on the bench for the past 18 months as we concentrated on Terp Talk. And now as our coverage grows, uh, Capital Sports Blog is back. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L, CapitalSportsBlog.com. And you're going to see a lot more D.C.-focused writing there from Mason, from Jordan, from myself. And especially on the Caps, Redskins, and Terp Talk. It's going to stay mostly Maryland, Ravens, and Orioles. And between the two of them, we can cover the whole area better. Yeah, and if you want to read my look at the Iowa Hawkeyes for this weekend, that's up on Capital Sports Blog right now. Jordan, any final words? Go Terps, rain in Iowa's parade, and hopefully we'll – I will not be on the next podcast, but hopefully you guys will talk about a Terps victory. And if we win, we'll probably be ranked. So that'll be a first in, what, five years? Five years is right. Yeah, your next podcast on Sunday will be coming from Iowa City. It will feature, hopefully, Don Marcus. We're trying to get him to do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. Uh, Wayne and myself, the crew, they'll be heading out to Iowa on Friday Actually going to get a nice four-hour drive in from Chicago to Iowa. And then four hours back to O'Hare. It'll be fun. It is. I mean, you've done it before. I love it. Okay. Well, he loves driving through the Midwest. We have made a habit of that recently. Yeah, I did it with Jordan. We love going to Culver's. Anyhow, I know we got to go. Mason, take us home here. So, yeah, next podcast on Sunday, hopefully after the Terps top number 19, Iowa. And as always, thanks for listening.